This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. The main spending bill for building infrastructure took a step forward in the Senate after intense debate, after a number of last-minute additions prompted the chair of a budget committee to abruptly halt the proceedings. House Bill 5 authorizes most of the state's capital development and major repair projects that need funding for the next two years. Prior to the latest amendments, the most recent fiscal note on the bill showed it would spend about $33 million in general fund money. There is opposition to HB 5, and some of it is from Republicans. Senator Mike Cuff, the Republican from Eureka who is carrying the bill in the Senate, says lawmakers were trading votes as they tacked on a series of spending provisions that would go to projects in their home districts. The committee's chairman, Senator John Esp, the Republican for Big Timber, also voted no on most of the amendments, and he has consistently argued for fiscal constraint. On Thursday, Senator Steve Fitzpatrick, the majority leader from Great Falls, made repeated attempts to strip out additions put into the bill by the Senate Finance and Claims Committee, triggering lengthy debate over whether the additional spending was appropriate or a last-minute cash grab for pet projects. Fitzpatrick said he was hopeful the conference committee would remove projects he feels that are inappropriate and that the governor would issue a line-item veto. Because HB 5 has been amended in the Senate, the House will have an opportunity to approve or reject those changes. If it votes to reject them, the bill would go to a conference committee. That would allow a special committee of lawmakers from both chambers to hammer out a compromise bill. Once the bill passes both chambers, the governor will have an opportunity to send it back to the legislature with his own recommended amendments. A bill that would spend nearly $140 million and expand the legislature's control over the state capitol and surrounding complex has advanced in the Senate, now needs only approval of amendments from the House. The bill contains maintenance for the state capitol complex, renovations and improvements to other buildings, and more. The bill would also say the basement, first, and fourth floors would become legislative space. Senator Steve Fitzpatrick, the majority leader from Great Falls, said lawmakers don't need to be spending more than $100 million in this bill, with all the other spending demands coming to a head at the end of the session. Quote, we don't need to spend 100 million bucks on the legislature. Senator Daniel Zolnikoff, the Republican from Billings, also spoke against the bill. Quote, we are a part-time legislature, but we increased our per diem, we increased our pay, and now we're going to treat it like the most important priority is the state legislature. House Bill 856 was approved on second reading in the Senate 38 to 12 and faces one more vote before returning to the original chamber of the House. Through a series of individual maneuvers, Republicans have ended hearings for several committees earlier than planned. 
GOP lawmakers say their actions were not meant to keep controversial Representative Zoe Zephyr from participating, but that was the effect. Zephyr had been assigned to the House Judiciary Committee and the Health and Human Services Committee. Four study bills still awaiting votes in those committees Thursday were either transferred to a different committee or elevated to the House floor, ending any public hearing in which Zephyr might participate. Zephyr said, So what looks like a motion yesterday to remove me from the floor of the House, from the antechamber and the gallery, it looks like they are taking the additional steps that were not in the motion, which is to cancel all the committees that I am a part of. Again, we quote, They're utilizing every tool at their disposal to disenfranchise the 11,000 Montanans who elected me here to speak on their bills. If I can't speak on the floor and I can't speak to them in committee, then they're doing everything in their power to remove the voice of 11,000 Montanans. After deliberating for nearly two hours, a conference committee accepted most of an amendment brought for a bill that would codify parts of the Federal Indian Child Welfare Act into state law. Known as the ICWA, the Indian Child Welfare Act determines how Native children are put into foster or adoptive homes. The federal law was enacted in 1978 in response to decades of state child welfare and private adoption agencies separating Native children from their families. House Bill 317 has received strong public support, but it passed out of the House and Senate with different amendments, so it is being heard by a conference committee for reconciliation. The amendments approved by the committee will then move to the floor of the Senate for debate. The committee was tasked with reviewing an amendment proposed by Representative Jonathan Windyboy, the Democrat from Box Elder, who also sponsored the original bill. While the committee approved most sections in the amendment, there were three main areas of concern. First, the amendment contained a section about the determination of Indian status, instructing courts to treat the child as an Indian child unless and until it is determined on the record that the child does not meet the definition of an Indian child. Opponents of the section argued it would delay processes and leave children in limbo, but supporters argued the exact opposite, saying treating a child as if they are native actually saves time and streamlines processes. On the contrary, supporters said if a child is treated as non-native and then found to be native, the process of undoing that work would delay placements. The section also included language saying that tribes must verify a child's membership status. Windy Boy argued that as sovereign nations, tribes determine their own membership and said it is not the business of the state to do so. The committee ultimately voted to remove that section, and after the vote, Windy Boy half-jokingly said, see you in court, alluding to his comments on tribal sovereignty. Secondly, Windy Boy's amendment also removed a section calling for contingent voidness. That section stated that if a federal court strikes down the ICWA on a federal level, the Montana ICWA would become law, but only for two years. 
Wendy Boy and others argued that the federal Supreme Court is not challenging ICWA in its entirety, so it would be unlikely for the court to strike down the law in its fullness. Finally, Windy Boy's amendment also got rid of a termination date that would sunset the legislation in June of 2025. Supporters of the amendment said the bill is meant to keep Native children safe, arguing it should not terminate in two years. Others said the termination date makes sense because the legislature will likely need to revisit the law after the Supreme Court issues a ruling. The bill that aims to define the terms male and female in 41 sections of Montana Code, which a fiscal analyst earlier this session found would cost the state billions of dollars, is headed to the desk of Republican Governor Greg Gianforti. The Senate voted 28 to 22 to concur with the House amendments to Senate Bill 458. The amendments put the bill in the House into line with the language requested by the governor's office in another controversial bill targeting the LGBTQ plus community that was earlier passed by the session, Senate Bill 99. Senator Jen Gross, the Democrat from Billings, was the only lawmaker to speak on it. She said it was extremely problematic because it touches so many areas of Montana code and that the amendments did not make the bill any better than it was. We are left with unworkable, unconstitutional, and unscientific definitions that exclude individuals who are intersex and Montanans who are transgender, Gross said. In March, Democrats questioned the original fiscal note on the bill, which said it would not cost the state any money. A new analysis found that it could risk more than $7 billion in federal funding. Under a 2020 U.S. Supreme Court decision, federal law prohibits employment discrimination based on gender identity, sexual orientation, biological sex, or failure to conform with sex stereotypes. The fiscal analysis found would be violated by language in the bill. The bill was amended to state that males and females have specific chromosomes and produce sperm and eggs, respectively. Proponents of the bill have argued that the measure is necessary to be put into law because a person's sex is binary and cannot be changed when someone identifies as another gender. Opponents, including several medical organizations and human rights groups, have sharply criticized the bill as being unconstitutional and attacking and disregarding people who are intersex and transgender. Legal action is expected when the governor signs the bill. A Missoula federal court judge has put on hold a yak area logging project where the Kootenai National Forest had planned work to begin in mid-May. Missoula Federal District Judge Dana Christensen issued a permanent injunction to delay the 56,000-acre Knotty Pine Project while a lawsuit against the Kootenai National Forest proceeds. To grant an injunction, a judge has to decide that, among other things, a plaintiff's case is likely to succeed and that harm would occur without an injunction. Christensen believed both apply. Five conservation groups have asked the court for an injunction 
to stop the Kootenai Force from opening closed roads and building new ones until the case is decided. Lee Enterprises, the corporate owner of five Montana daily newspapers, plans to reduce the number of days it prints most of its newspapers to three days a week. Four people who spoke to the Daily Montanan on condition of anonymy confirmed the company is planning to reduce its printing schedule in all publications except for 20 of its largest titles. It's unclear how that will affect the five newspapers in Montana, the Billings Gazette, the Missoulian, the Ravalli Republic, the Montana Standard, and the Helena Independent Record. Sources also confirmed that advertisers are being told about the changes because of the change in printing days. Earlier this month, Lee newspapers in Montana cut more than a dozen newsroom positions throughout the state. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide, with listeners in now 50 U.S. states and Canadian provinces, three Native American nations in 31 countries, on six continents. We also post expanded versions of our stories on Facebook. Made in Montana news is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH, 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.